Welcome back to the Posh Cockney Podcast. You're listening to Liam Lovell and this is Hospitality News brought to you by the Industry Titans. I hope everyone had a great bank holiday weekend. I'm delighted to bring you today's show. We have Gary Sewell, the owner of Scintillate. Now, everybody knows Scintillate and most of you have been to one of their parties. So I'm so excited to bring you this show. Before we go into the show, thank you, Joe Ryan, for coming on on Friday. I hope everyone enjoyed that and thanks for the feedback. Let's jump into today's show. We talked to Gary about how he created Scintillate, the incredible projects he's working on for the rest of the year, and where we might see a Scintillate party around the world. This is fascinating. This is fun. This is inspiring. This is the Posh Cotney podcast. Enjoy, guys. But before we get to it, let's hear from our sponsors, Utilitrack. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. There's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk. And welcome back to the Posh Cotney podcast. This is Hospitality News brought to you by the Industry Titans. You're listening to Liam Norvell. And I have a very good friend of mine, Gary Sewell from Scintillate. Gary, how are you? Very good, thanks, Liam. As good as can be with everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I haven't seen you for a long time. And obviously, when I started the Posh Cotney podcast, I said I'd reach out to you because, you know, the summer is upon us. And, um, you know, you're normally the man I reach out to around this this sort of time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's the most bizarre time. I mean, when we went into lockdown, I think the first thing that struck me was it was the first Saturday in almost 21 years that I haven't been to a party and I was at home and that was very, very odd. And the next thing that struck as, as it went on was, you know, the first Maybank holiday that I've been in England for 18 years. You know, normally I'm in Marbella launching the season there. So it's been a very different summer so far for me. Before we go on to talk about Scintillate and the coronavirus and how it's affected you and, and the business, tell me and the listeners about yourself and, and how you created this incredible brand and how you started. How did it all happen? It's, it's not that long a story, but um, I was basically uh, modelling. Uh, well, I was originally a podiatrist and, and got scouted by a patient and ended up going into the fashion industry and uh, travelled the world doing that for 12 years. And on my travels, met someone that became a great friend, uh, Kevin O'Shea. And whenever, he was a sort of retired businessman at the time, whenever we traveled, he'd come and party with me. And, and at the time before social media and before there was real access to the type of lifestyle that many people take for granted now, we had that through me getting invited to you know, film premieres and nightclubs and VIP parties. So wherever I traveled, he sort of came along and tagged along and we partied together. And I remember then we were kind of over in Sydney and, and I was thinking, this is mad. I'm, I'm traveling the world. I'm sitting in studios all the time and stuff. And this guy's just sitting on the beach, loving the life that I'm sort of providing. And yet I'm just working all the time, not seeing the world. So anyway, we started chatting. He said, look, I've had an idea. Why don't we start doing some parties ourselves? We, we party everywhere. Let's do it. You know, enough kind of, you know, A-listers at the time. And I know the business people and let's put the two together. You know, you've got the lifestyle and not the money. And I've got the money and not the lifestyle. So let's put the two together and, and see what we come out with. And it was very early on in the, uh, the advent of the, well, I suppose the internet in a way. People hadn't got websites at the time. People hadn't got emails at the time unless you worked in a bank or something. And uh, a friend of ours had a new media company. He suggested he could do a website. So we, as I said, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly and really go for this. So 
he put some money into it and we set it all up. And that's, that's how Scintillate began. We invited all the models and celebrities I knew. Um, he invited all the business people that he knew. And we kind of took more of a New York philosophy of mixing lots of age groups and no dress code. And at the time, it was quite a cross-genre music policy in New York. It was very R&B mixed in with house. Whereas in London, it was very, you go to that club for your house music, you go to that club for your hip-hop. You know, you still had to wear a shirt and collar and shoes. You couldn't wear as we would, like ripped jeans and T-shirts. So that's sort of it in a nutshell, really. We, we started our first party actually 21 years ago this week in uh, yeah. K-Bar in Chelsea. And yeah, it, it just went from there. I remember the manager at the time was um, of the K-Bar, she was a female and she said it's the first time she's actually been to a nightclub full of good-looking men, uh, which was opposite to what normally happened. Yeah. Because uh, normally people try and get the women, but because we kind of all the people I knew, you know, sort of male models in the industry, it was full. But that was for one week. The next week, all the women descended on it because <laughs> they're always saying it's not, you can't find that many good-looking men. There's plenty of good-looking girls out there. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a secret, but it, it sort of uh, happened very quickly from there. Do you remember going back to, you know, if we're talking 21 years ago, do you remember when you started Sinslate and the, the feeling and the rush of, of and seeing that you were actually creating something beautiful? It was very, very funny. Um, I remember the first night just feeling that, you know, you get the, the anxiety and, and people often say, and you've probably had it yourself, that how do you do this? Because people organise a birthday party with 20 people and they get so stressed over it, who's mm-hmm. coming, who's not. And when you start then kind of almost putting your career on this and hoping 300 people will turn up, and that means you sort of, to get 300 people, initially when you, when you start something, to get 300 people, you might invite 400 people and everyone says, yes, yeah, I'll come. And they will come the first time. Getting them to all come back the next week is very different. And you've got to then get a different lot of people. Or, as we always did, really try and create that community feel where the people didn't want to let you down. They didn't want to miss out on an event. The funny thing was, I mean, the first night we, you know, as a business-wise, rather than just, you know, the feeling of success, but business-wise, I remember we made about £300 each. And I thought, good God, this is amazing. Imagine if I made that every week. (laughs) And, you know, like since then, we've sort of gone on to become, you know, sort of multi-million pound uh, business. But back then, you know, I genuinely was thinking, God, 300 quid a week extra in my pocket. Fantastic. And uh, that, I felt, was a real success at the time from something we created from nothing. So 21 years, I mean, the, the company must have evolved massively. Uh, you've had to, innovation obviously is, is key to anyone in that's, you know, having to bring people to countries or new clubs or bars or restaurants, what, what you guys do and what you've done so well for a long time. How have you kept up that inspiration and kept your team alive to, to make sure that you throw arguably some of the best parties in the world? Um, thanks. It's, it's not always easy, but what we've always seen ourselves as is a lifestyle brand rather than a nightclub promoter. So we thought if people, we've sort of identified that aspirational trend we've experienced the last 20 years as, as life and the access to a lifestyle has opened up, certainly with social media coming out. But when people felt that they were entitled and they wanted to travel, they wanted the best out of life, they wanted the fashion, they wanted access to, to the right parties, um, we were able to embrace that and offer that. So we've always felt that we, you know, one of our taglines is accessible exclusivity. We've always wanted to provide access to the best parties the best venues and we've looked for the the new things to do so the new locations that for example you know back in 2003 when we launched in Marbella um, that was very much off the back of the fact that we were a Chelsea London brand at the time and a lot of the wealthier people we knew had villas in Marbella so we we felt that and and people kept saying why don't you bring it there so we, we brought it to Marbella we took it there and we created 
various concepts there we export it back to the uk and what we've always tried to do is bring it back to what we enjoy and and listen to the customers listen to the guests and see what they enjoy too i think it's really important to constantly think of the guests themselves you know i always say to everyone that works for me the party's not about you it's about the guests you know and listen to them listen to what they want and try and identify music trends i mean we've changed slightly over the years we are very cross-genre so it gives us the adaptability to play different music without saying well that's not scintillate anymore and um, we play party style music so it's, it's fun that's mainly been it really just constantly trying to stay on top of trends and as well as trying to lead trends so as i said when we launched in my bay it wasn't what it is now the party destination has become um, we launched in Mallorca eight years ago and that's the type of guest that would go to Mallorca now it's very high end whereas people traditionally might have seen it as MAGA um, it's certainly you know it's probably one of our most lucrative locations now it's it's very high end it's absolutely stunning on the island and Ibiza I mean we followed in Ibiza to be honest obviously nightlife's been there for years but what we what we identified years ago and I think we were probably the first brand in the world to really specialize in daytime beach parties uh, you know before vegas and ibiza you know when they're all having the, the nightlife we we were kind of launching ocean club and nikki beach and really probably changing people's attitude to what they want out of their um, their holidays really and and it was very much it's very much gone towards daytime now so again we've stayed ahead of the curve with the trends so what cities are, are you in around the world you're in london uh london newcastle leeds Actually, we do some one-off parties, Hartford, Stevenage, Manchester will be, Liverpool we will be, abroad we're in Marbella, Mallorca, Ibiza, Phuket in the winter season. We wow. launched this season just gone, which was should have been great, but unfortunately it was the first place that was hit with coronavirus coming out of China. So we had a <laughs> very, very short season. Um, we're looking at constantly looking at new places. We, we revisiting the idea of Tenerife again this winter because... Um, Obviously, the, with the summer being potentially delayed, people are asking what, what they can do. And we're, we're looking at Mykonos for next year. We've, we're in touch with a venue there that seems fantastic. So that's currently where we are. How do you pick a venue? What, what, what goes through your mind? What's the, what's the key attributes that a venue needs to have for you to think Scintillate can be here? Um, it's just a gut feeling, really. Like probably what we would enjoy. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm aware that sort of, you know, I've been doing it for 21 years, so... I'll often go and see the venue, talk to the people that run the venue, because that's just as important, their, their attitude towards guests. We don't want to be inviting people to a venue that then doesn't live up to the standards that we want to provide. So we, we look for places that really genuinely have a very welcoming, open policy. should be beautiful inside. But it's yeah. something that's a little bit different we, we tend to look for these days. So, I mean, probably clubbing's changed a little bit, whereas, you know, you'll remember, like, 20 years ago, you see little basement bars that all started looking Moroccan for a while. And then, you know, yeah. everyone sort of changed their, their theme. And it was very much uh, sitting in a little smoky, crowded room when people used to smoke in the clubs back in the day. Now, I, I think we really look for something different. Well, an example might be back in 2010, I got a call from uh, Roger Payne and yeah. we went to Shaka Zulu, which is a restaurant, yeah. a huge yeah. restaurant in Camden. Absolutely stunning venue, but it was always seen as a restaurant. And I remember people ringing me saying what are you doing like how are you going to party in a restaurant but we went on to do five years there very very successful venues with like 800 to a thousand people in each one again since then you know 100 water street incredible you know again it's a restaurant but stunning venue great entertainment music you know so the whole night is something that you can do under one roof rather than hopping around you can come there have a cocktail enjoy the live music have some great food and then party throughout the night to the djs and yeah it's it's uh i think it's just 
these days you've got to offer a little bit more than just a room and an expensive table. I agree. I fully agree. And, and that's definitely where the market was going pre-coronavirus. And I'm sure it will be yeah. afterwards. Let's talk about the coronavirus. How has it affected your business? Well, it's, it's pretty much stopped it dead. Like with most people in the industry, it's very difficult. You know, I've kept busy um, just dealing with inquiries. People tend to think you're a profit and might know when the summer's opening up or what's happening. But obviously, we don't know anything more than we're told. I've kept in touch with the staff, but obviously everyone's been furloughed. Like most people in the industry, it's very difficult with what we do. Unless we've got venues, we can't work. You know, so we've kept in touch with people with regards to social media and, and just with newsletters and trying to reach out to people and keep the community there and, and keep talking. But there's not much else we can do until things get moving. So we've taken that time, me personally, just to do most of the day-to-day side of the business that I haven't done for quite a while. Some of it's been nice you know, to actually really get in touch with people again. And I've made a lot of phone calls and received a lot of phone calls of people I haven't spoke with for quite a while just through being busy. So it's given a little bit of time to take a step back and, and assess where we're going in the future. How do you see the hospitality industry in the future? I mean, nightlife is actually the, the one area that really scares me because all the stuff we're hearing from the government is restaurants, bars, social distancing that's going to be in place for a long time. How are people going to enjoy themselves at a pool party or on a nightclub? Yeah, you know, I mean, as you say, nightlife, I think nightclubs, as you might have known it, like people think of nightclubs traditionally, it's going to be very, very difficult, particularly the large capacity ones. We personally probably stepped away from that a little while ago, just because we felt that things have gone far more experiential with, I think people have been looking for food led entertainment, certainly on, we found that. So there's an element of dining that won't be affected. I think a lot of the venues we work with, like 100 Water Street, it's a large venue. So even at even if they had capacity restrictions, there's still plenty of space around so people can keep their distance and, and keep safe. I think um, beach clubs, there's less of a fear with those. I think being in the hot sun, the natural distancing you have between the beds, the vitamin D that everyone's getting, as well as the alcohol. Personally, I would feel less nervous about that element of it. And, and the venues we've spoken to abroad, they're all keen to go. I mean, they're already reopening. Um, in Marbella and there's a couple I think it was one that opened yesterday that I know of initially with restrictions and being very food led but they you know as soon as their phases go through at the moment they're in phase one in Marbella I think they've been in phase one in Ibiza for a while we're, we're, follow, we're following that closely and that you know I hope that we might be able to get some kind of summer out of it but as to going back to the question sorry I'm waffling a bit there I don't know you know I don't think anyone knows I think it's of all the things you know that could hit the industry this is probably the the one thing that would literally stops it dead i remember the financial crisis in 2008 which was the last uh, real kind of emergency that everyone talked about that wasn't bad for us you know in actual fact we we boomed in the, that period because people sort of wanted to drown their sorrows and actually yeah. what people did rather than go out five nights a week they saved up and went out one big night at the weekend or they'd go to Marbella or Mallorca or somewhere and, and have a fantastic holiday and, and then work hard the rest of the year so it became very much uh, people talked down about it but it was that kind of weekend millionaire culture um, this if you can't travel and you, you're not allowed to go out there's not much you can do you know, there's only so much party you can do on zoom and I'm sure we're all kind of sick to death of quizzes now yeah, so, uh, <laughs> we actually had a break on our family one last week, but it's good because I've got to do the questions. So <laughs> Let, let's leave the coronavirus for now, and I want to know a little bit more about the man behind the brand. What's your secret? What makes you get up every day and still strive for greatness with Scintillate? I'm always, and well, I have always been incredibly competitive, and I think anyone that knows me knows that, and I, I want to be the best at whatever I do. So I, I think that I'm a classic workaholic. I, I don't like sitting still. I don't, you know, I think I, you're a long time dead. There's plenty of time for sleeping. And uh, I, I just enjoy 
what I do. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy uh, learning about people's lives, their families. And I, I really feel that we've made huge contribution to community and, and lifestyle in, in certainly in the UK and around the world. You know, the, the thing that I really feel drives me is when I meet people, you know, year on year, which I always do, you know, you kind of see the same people and they oh, we, you know, that girl I met last year, we're married now or we, oh, we've yeah. had a baby. And, you know, that's such a nice feeling to feel like actually, you know, what we did, even though it's to some people frivolous, it's nightlife. It actually mattered. It's made people's lives different. And the amount of people that have gone on from working for us to create their own businesses within the industry, to work within the industry and become successful, which is a huge amount of people in the industry actually originally started working for us. I feel it's, yeah, I feel like I've done something with my life. Um, and 21 years later, we're still doing it. So clearly we've done something right. I don't know necessarily what the secret is, apart from genuine hard work and enjoying what we do. What's the best advice you you would uh, offer to people if they was just about to start in the industry now? It's a hard one. You know, it's it's a very different time starting now to when we started. I think when we started, we were ahead of everything. We were the first to do most things. Now there's, you know, everyone's sort of wants to be a promoter. Everyone's got Instagram and social media. Everyone's a, an influencer. It, it's it's hard. And also the clubs themselves, you know, they'll they'll churn through their own kind of sub promoters very quickly so you can come in and out uh, whereas we've built a brand i think the thing to do if you are in the industry is what i always say to everyone that works for me is again just remember that it's not about you it's the part is not about you it's, it, you do everything you can to make sure that every single guest that comes to your event is enjoying themselves to the best of their ability if they're standing on their own and they don't know someone introduce them to someone else create the environment create the, the social atmosphere that you would want to go to I, I remember one of the first events i went to in london uh, this fantastic uh, promoter who's a legend himself in the industry roger michael i went to hanover grand back in the day and just started modeling and he, he came up to me and i didn't know many people and he came up to me and said let me buy you a beer and we had a chat and i thought god that's the promoter who's just been speaking to me why is he speaking to me and i, I went to every single one of his parties after that religiously really? yeah just it just kind of took the time and and that's it's a great lesson if you take the time to know people and be interested in people you know it doesn't not a bad thing in any walk of life to be honest but certainly with what we do which is all based on relationships it's the most important tip i can give anyone i think that's some great advice and uh, i fully support that as well what's your biggest success story apart from your beautiful kids and your uh, lovely wife <laughs> i think that's down to her success more than mine <laughs> I think managing to probably be able to export London nightlife for the last 21 years, actually get into 21 years is a huge success. I don't think there's many other brands out there. I mean, we've seen many come and go over the years. Actually getting this far is, uh, you know, what I'd like to think is at the top of the game for that long is, is probably the biggest success. Mm. We, you know, we've managed to create a nice life for ourselves and we've, we've uh, created a nice life for many other people. So that probably, I mean, we've had, individual successes like you know with parties that creating the champagne spray parties probably the most famous things we have in marbella ocean club yeah and that's huge and they've been going for i think it would have been 16 years this year so they were immense and and you know meeting people that flew in from you know america because they've heard of them and things was was always good to hear but i guess longevity is the thing that everyone looks for when they're doing something would you do anything differently have you got any regrets absolutely yeah i mean somebody said to me and when, as I said, when we created our website, we had a chat room uh, and it was a, like a bulletin board, kind of Twitter type thing, but combined with Facebook because people post photos back then. And this is back in 99 and it was so busy. It used to crash the, uh, the internet uh, when people post photos. And somebody said to me, you do realize you had the first ever Facebook and you just didn't know it. And we genuinely did have the first ever social networking site in the world. And I remember like Kevin, my business partner at the time, would become um, like a silent partner, he'd moved to Portugal. 
he was a bit older than me and he flew in he said god every time i look at that bulletin board all it is is people being negative about other people like you know trolling yeah and uh, he said we've either got to pay someone to monitor it or take it offline and i said i can't see how we can make money out of a website right so we took it offline the bulletin element of it and we've still got all the pictures and yeah you know so if I could do anything differently, I would have uh, found the programmers that Zuckerberg used and, and would have been <laughs> retired long ago. Gary, what does the future hold for Scintillate? I think, you know, it's, uh, it's very exciting. We're, we're planning on expanding, as always. We're planning on going to different areas. We're looking for new areas like we did with Phuket. We want to, I mean, actually, it was incredible. I mean, you know, with regards, we will get through this coronavirus and there will be other things that will come after this and constantly change the world but i think the desire to travel is really part of everyone you know that you can't open it up like it has been and then take it away and not want people to hunger for seeing new things and experiencing new things people want to travel and they want to discover newer and newer places and uh i think that's the way forward really we we are enjoying discovering you know more of an experiential side of partying as i said the food led uh, daytime business I think is very exciting and it, it's been getting more and more prevalent over the years but uh, yeah I, I feel that uh, weirdly I'm very very excited about the future I think people are going to be incredibly hungry I mean we've got I think we have uh, a little bit of a hashtag in like save the Hindu because the <laughs> amount of people that have uh, put back their weddings this year is you know it's very sad I think the amount of people that cancelled their holidays weddings family holidays we ourselves were going to Disney and the boys were so excited to go and we've cancelled that we had to cancel it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that people are just going to have this pent up desire to get away and, and really, I think, really cherish and enjoy something that we all took for granted, which is the ability to go and have a beer with our friends, the ability to sit down over dinner with people around in a, in a safe environment, listen to good music and, and just enjoy life. You know, we, we've all been pent up in our houses playing quizzes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we, we're very lucky we're all here and we're very lucky that we're going to get back to being able to enjoy the hard work that everyone in the hospitality industry provides. And I think we'll all take it, we'll stop taking it for granted and realise that actually it's it's a key part of what we, you know, one of our industries in, in the UK. We, we need it and I think everyone will support it more than ever. Well, I'm sure the, the great Scintillate brand will come back bigger and stronger than ever. If there's anyone that can pull their team through this, then I know you and, and your brother uh, work very hard on a day-to-day basis. So I look forward to seeing that. Gary, if people want to get hold of you after the show, I mean, are you hiring at all? If you're hiring, then let us know. Otherwise, if people just want to reach out to you and get some advice. I, th- I think we've only got a couple more weeks left of sort of this lockdown period. And from what we're all hearing is July is going to be the opening date. I think I think that's, you know, that's the feeling I've got. You know, as for travel, I don't know. I keep reading one minute there's going to be bridges, then there's not. We can go to Greece. We can't. Spain is OK. We can't. You know, it seems to be changing daily yeah. on the advice of uh, the scientists. Uh, we just have to see. But yeah, you know, we're, we're always looking for people to come and work with us, genuinely. You know, we've got staff at the moment that are, are on furlough. We had our teams all ready to go abroad. There's about 25 people working for us abroad that have all been put on hold. Mm. Um, but, you know, with regards to the future, we're always looking. At, we will be launching and, and you know, we, we often start looking for talent. If, if someone's talented and in this industry, it's very easy to generate income just by being social. And it's one of the most exciting things to do, I think. So we're always looking to take on people. That can, that can do that and how can they do that through the website yeah if they can go to our website scintillate.com or email us at work at scintillate.com uh, we're always happy to talk to people you know always happy to pick up the phone and give advice not always like what you know <laughs> the funny thing is that people want the abc of how to get where we are 21 years down the line that's very difficult to pinpoint <laughs> but 
always happy to to look at taking on people, uh, particularly you know summer period. And uh, as we're branching out into the winter seasons, then we're trying our best. One of the things that's always been hard for us is taking on talent in the summer and having to lose it in the winter. Of course. But now what we're trying to do is provide year-round work so that we can move, as we did last year, we moved half of one of our teams from New Yorker and they moved to Phuket for the winter. And the idea was New Yorker and Phuket year-round, which is a pretty dream drop job for most people. But unfortunately, both are on hold at the moment. So that didn't work out as well. But yeah, always happy to help. Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. When we have season two, I'm definitely getting you back on the show on one condition that we do it in Marbella. <laughs> definitely. Definitely over a nice drink eh, around the pool. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, get on with the rest of your day. Great speaking to you. Thanks for coming on and best of luck for the rest of the year. Thanks, Liam. Good to see you. Wow. Thank you, Gary. That was incredible. And it was such a privilege to speak to you. You've been a good friend of mine for nearly a decade. And uh, I wish you all the best for the future. And I can't wait to uh, join you for a few cocktails in Marbella, as we said. Now, that's enough for that episode. Let's go on to Friday's show. I am so happy to bring you this one. We have Tony Truman, the king of Ibiza, Mr. Ocean Beach himself. You will not want to miss this episode, so make sure you tune in this Friday. Don't forget you can reach me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Liam Norval or drop me an email, liam.norval at poshcockney.co.uk. Guys, have a great week and I'll see you on Friday for Tony Truman's show. Before I leave you, let's go to our sponsors, Utilitrack. As one of the UK's leading commercial energy consultants, Utilitrack help businesses spend less on their utilities. There's never been a better time than now to review your costs. So if you'd like free help or advice on saving money on your utilities, email us at inquiries at utilitrack.com. .co.uk or visit our website www.utilitrack.co.uk